I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. All right, hello and welcome to the Glacé Film Club. We're back once again. I am joined by regular Callum. Hello, Callum. Thank you for joining me. How are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Excited to dive into some more film chat after our intense discussion on the last one, Burn After Reading. That was fantastic. We're going for another biggie again this week. Huge Jim Carrey film, The Truman Show. I've been very excited to review this for a while because I first watched this when I was back at university. And I tell you what, I um, was in love with this film before I watched it. That's not a giveaway from what I'm going to say because my view might have changed when I watched it. But the premise of this film really got me before I even um, watched the film itself because I remember it being referenced in so many different things uh, that were related to it. I thought I needed to watch it. So when I finally watched it, I had my view on it, which I... Uh, let out over the course of this review but I'm glad that it finally came on Netflix recently and I could uh, watch it again with my semi-grown-up mind and um, see what I thought of it so very much looking forward to diving in and having a chat with you yeah absolutely I mean I'd never seen it before Um, this was your first time going at it this was my first time going at it yeah Um, my sort of experience of Jim Carrey was his uh, absurd comedy yeah, flick, yeah. flicks that he'd done um, and I read an article recently about the Truman Show when you recommended it I uh, sort of googled it and apparently it was the film where Kerry wanted to move away from those uh, okay. comedic roles so I thought oh actually no, this might be alright it was described as a dark comedy um, so yeah that, that, I was kind of sold on that already because I'm not the biggest fan of Carrie's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Films. Well, it can be quite cheesy, a lot of other stuff, and I feel like a lot of time when you do recommend this film to people who have seen his other kind of uh, more comedic stuff, you kind of think, oh, it's going to be a little bit naff. But it definitely does stray away from that. Anyway, let's go in with a bit of a synopsis about what happens, and then we can really dive into what we thought about the story. So, Truman Show. Jim Carrey plays Truman. He is the star of this reality TV show. He doesn't know he's part of it, but it's been going on ever since he was born, where he lives in a fake world. His whole universe, his whole livelihood is controlled by this TV corporation. So when he wakes up in the morning, his wife's there, she's an actor, everyone around him, the neighbours are actors, he goes to his job, they're all actors, and everyone who lives around him are all extras and choreographed within this world. He doesn't know what's going on, but he's part of this TV show that's just focused on his life. 24-7, and it cuts to people watching it. It's a big part of popular culture. And then there's this one shot where it shows this big dome over a certain part of America where they've built this world where Truman lives. So as the film develops, it goes through all the absurdity that goes on in his life, the outside world, and how it's a big thing for people as they sat there at home following and they feel like they've grown up with him and they have nostalgic memories as they show on the TV show. But as the film develops, he starts to question the world that he lives in, his own existence, as little things kind of fray and he starts to think about leaving. He wants to expand and this is kind of what is the catalyst for him to start question everything that's going on and that's when all the kind of things start um coming clear to him that it might not be exactly what it is the life that he lives as he tries to go abroad and he can't he even tries to get a bus somewhere and it breaks down coincidentally and little things come out from the cracks which start 
making him go mad and people around his lives, the other actors try and pass it off as that, oh, you're going crazy, you're going crazy, Truman. Of course, this is the real world. And obviously, as it leads up to the end, spoiler alert, he then breaks free. He breaks free. It was an emotional scene where he gets on a boat and he finally gets to hit the boundary of the universe and has this big, deep conversation with the guy who controls it, the TV station, who is this godlike figure. And it's this real momentous moment as they have this back and forth and he finally leaves his world and enters the real world. So that's the Truman Show in a nutshell. Callum, straight off the bat, what did you think about the story as a whole? I really like the premise. I'm going to um, I'm going to start with uh, a, uh, an interview, actually, that I uh, read recently by... Um, uh, Laura Linney, the actress that plays his uh, wife in the film, and she said that it would seem preposterous. And when at the time she said that um, that her and her crew used to laugh at how unrealistic it 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 is, basically. Yeah. And that was said about two decades ago. And now I'm thinking, oh, this it's it's so contemporary for our time. It I loved how even though it was made in the nineties. And it tapped into that reality TV culture, which we'll come on to later. I just loved how relevant the film is for our obsession with media, celebrity culture. Um, for me, it was it was it was quite unique as well. I hadn't really seen anything like that before. Um, on the, in, I hadn't really seen anything done in the same way. I mean, obviously, there's loads of films that critique uh, media culture. Black uh, Black Mirror being being yep. one of them, but for me it was just kind of like for for the time when it was made, I just thought, oh, I must this is really really progressive. I think for the time, um, it almost ahead of its time. I think, and I like films that do that. To be honest, I like films that make you that sort of play with our with our sense of time and place and and what it means in in that respect. So yeah, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what you said there about being a great premise, I'm a big premise man. I'm, I <laughs> can be swept off my feet by a premise, even if the execution's terrible. There's something about a premise that really gets me. I remember when I was younger, the Hunger Games books came out. Just the premise of that setup just took me away, and I was a bit obsessed with it, even though you know it was teen fiction. Just the idea of a certain premise grabbed me. And so I think this is what really drew me in, like I said earlier, about loving Truman Show before I'd even watched it, was I love this idea of, this reality TV setup within the film and just straight away, just all the ideas that plays within your head of the eventualities that could play out from it and the characters and the thoughts. And I mean, this film has so much depth and I'll go into that a bit more as we get into the conversation, but just from a very watchable perspective as enjoyment of the plot and the narrative, I think this film offers so much because the premise is so good. It's this great idea of this TV corporation with this godlike figure controlling the life of this man who doesn't know he doesn't live in the real world. That is his real world. And the rest of the world watch him and tune in and follow his lifestyle. And then just like the quirky elements of... Um, as you see the kind of actors on cue going doing things which then to his life is real and I think um, it's actually a real life psychological condition I can't remember the exact term for it but it's like the Truman Show effect where um, you can get diagnosed with this idea where people believe that 
they're the only person in the world that's real and everybody else is kind of in on like a TV show or something. So just on the psychological element of the premise behind it, I found it fascinating. And I do think the execution is fantastic because it's a very fast plot even though the film's about two hours long you keep getting something that's happening and there's so much open to that because it is on this tv set where all these funny little things keep happening and you can feel the development into his realization going on through all these kind of mad things like something i i find really clever about it and quirky is just how they build into it all this product placement within his life so obviously then like his wife will look to camera and go oh yeah and i can open this tin of beans with this great stainless steel tin opener <laughs> which was only four dollars 99 and like he starts to cotton onto it more as it goes on but i love that as a little idea in there so for me i just think the story's bob on and the premise of it carries it through, no matter whether you take anything further from the film, anything deeper, which I do think it goes into. I think there's so much more to it. For me, the story alone and the premise just carries it as a very, very entertaining film. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. I love how you picked up on the uh, the, the product placement as well. <laughs> Another thing that I really like, it was the bit when she's um, with the, is it the hot chocolate or something? Or the and she, and when, when she's trying to convince him that he's, he's going mad it's like here have some hot chocolate it's really really good and it, it's literally like it's, it smacks of like a 1950s uh, ad in a way um and i think there's something the, the premise of it, it it taps into something a little bit deeper i think it isn't just about a society's obsession with um reality tv it's actually about how corporatism and capitalism actually bleed into how yeah. we think about ourselves um in every aspect of life, even something as mundane as opening a can of beans, it's like, oh, you know, you gotta get that, you gotta get the right tin opener for that. And then the, it's 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 mocking how uh, sort of commodity fetishism, I suppose, in a way, and how that then bleeds into um, reality TV and how it sort of recalibrates what we think about ourselves. You know, it, it kind of the thing that I loved about it as well was the fact that it. It tapped into something even darker as well into the, into our sort of subconscious in the sense that it it violated uh, Truman Burbank really didn't it? I mean it was it was constant he was constantly being filmed and then by the end of it he cottoned onto it but he sort of he kind of he had, he sort of he, he never really understood the purpose of his own life as as the film went on. Um, he always wanted to escape and do something more. And I think the seeing them as the he saw himself as he'd never been able to see himself. I think, particularly the bit when he's uh, on the on the boat trying to escape. I think he had a renewed sense of of purpose there. So the film in that I'm rambling here, but the the the, the film plays with lots and lots of different elements of how corporatism affects our. Uh, sense of place in the world and how uh, that that then bleeds into reality tv and in this yeah. film in this instance reality tv and corporatism is a form of psychological control um i mean the sort of symbolic possession of truman burbank that everyone seems to have is yeah, yeah, is yeah. really really fascinating like they, they got the truman bar for example and is helena bonham carter um is in the bar i think uh, who plays one of the barmaids? Um, ah, okay, didn't I think I, th- I, th- I think it's Helena Bonham Carter. Um, yeah, and she—they're all staring at the TV in adoration of okay. of Truman. And there's the guy in the bathtub as well that's like really really excited when they see him and the workers. And then once he escapes, um, 
they all just oh they'll oh what's on next and it's the sort of dispo how disposable um people's relationships with each other are as well and there's just so many different layers to it that you, that, that that really really are so contempt it's have such a contemporary feel to it the dispo the disposable life that that people have like one minute they're popular the next minute they're not it's whatever's in fashion and what's ever in trend i suppose um yeah i think you're bob on and there is there's so much to it and i think what was funny what you're saying there about the kind of absurdity of the uh, uh consumerism in it there is a bit when he starts to realize stuff is going on and she still says about the hot chocolate and he goes what are you even saying as she still yeah, has to get this product yeah, placement yeah. on it. and that is just kind of yeah. like it screams of something like that goes on in your own head anyway anyway we will um, dig a bit deeper into each of those themes in a minute. I just wanted to know what you felt about Jim Carrey's performance because you said uh, a little mm. bit earlier then, going into it, you were a bit unsure because you've seen Jim Carrey before, maybe a little bit cheesy, style of comedy, uh, whereas this was his film where he did want to take it on a little bit of a different edge. And um, this often gets slotted as his greatest film. And for me... Um, I think it's definitely up there, if not his greatest. And I also love Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is another mm. one where he plays a serious, a little bit comedic, but serious role in it. I think I think he's Bob on in that position. What do you think as his performance in this, with him being like the title character? I think his performance is really, really good. Although, at the same time, I don't think you can compare um, The Truman Show to his other comedies i suppose i mean by this point when he was doing this film he was pretty much an a-list star i mean he'd done the mask he'd done ace ventura i believe as well so he was coming into the truman show already having a i suppose a stereotype of what people expected from it um as an artist as an actor um i don't necessarily think you can compare the two his comedy career with this because they, they are very very different even though there's you can identify the sort of the quirkiness of his of his character in this film I think that for him, I think it represented a departure. Um, and I read a I read another interview uh, with him. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, glad you've been doing the research. It's I great a, to hear. Well, I, I did another. I did another. I read another interview with him, and he said that uh, at the time, being this big A-list star, he had paparazzi haunting his every move, um, and he saw the transition from one from from these comedy films that he'd done. Uh, to the Truman Show as a more fulfilling role for his own career, yeah. um, and I think going into the film with that ideology in mind, I think you can really tell that he takes his he takes the craft very very seriously. Not that he didn't take the comedy craft seriously. I mean, I can't speak for him, but I can only speak for what I've read about him. Uh, but for me, I think it works. I mean, I always I mean, I love comedy. I really do. But I always. Um, uh, I always like a, a film that really, really makes you think deeply about the the reservoirs of of your mind, and as it were. Join the uh, club. Well, you're in the club. This is the Glacé Film Club. This oh, is what indeed. We um, so, yeah, for me, for me, the the yeah, the acting was really, really good. Um, I thought the writing was good as well. It's something that's never really sort of spoken about. I think when we, um, not just when we're doing reviewing films, but just in general, um, it's all about the the lead character or the director. I think the writing is really, really good as well. I mean, there's scenes with Ed Harris that he's in a sort of like spaceship type thing with, uh, and he's he's talking about how uh, reality. He he is the one that determines what reality is, and 
the bit where he controls the weather as well when he's on the boat. I, I just think the writing complements uh, the, the the characters so well um, in in its delivery of making you think about these these deep uh, psychological. I suppose trauma is the word as well. I mean, the way it, it's very very depressing. I mean. It, it's almost like an imprisoned. Well, it is an imprisoned. It's an imprisoned reality that he's living in, mm-hmm. and I think uh, I think the, the quirkiness and the sort of the the eccentricity of Jim Carrey as a person, I think, really, really works to sort of showcase the shock of realizing you're in this imprisoned reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, the, the acting and the writing was was really, really good in that respect. Yeah. Well. So, from my view, I think Jim Carrey is much better in this type of role, and yeah, I point, his yeah. comedy does nothing for me, to be honest. Like, I don't really have much time for any of the comedy films he's been in, yet I do really enjoy the work he's done outside of that. And I think this suits him a lot better as well, especially when you see how he talks now, and he's, he's like wildly philosophical now. And hmm. I don't know if you've seen the documentary Me and Andy, or Jim and Andy, I think it's called on Netflix, where he looks back on a film he did, um, which I've not yet watched, but I think this would be a great one for us to have a watch and chat about. Um, I think it's called Man on the Moon, um, and that's what the uh, the REM song was written for that one. Oh, was, okay. If you believe the put it, put man, man on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but when he did that, he was playing um, Andy Kaufman, Kaufman, Andy Kaufman, who was an American comedian. Um, and he saw it's a, a film about his life, but all through the filming process, he stayed in character. So they shot a documentary behind the scenes when they were doing it, um, and he caused so much trouble just like staying in character. But it never got released because he caused so much trouble. They were the uh, production company were worried that the film um, would can would um, take a nosedive because people watch the documentary think like Jim Carrey you know, he's a bit of an idiot. We don't like him off the back of watching that, so we're not going to watch the film. Anyway, in this documentary, he looks back really philosophically about it and kind of talks about life and meaning and stuff like that and how when he was younger with his comedy, he was just really doing it to kind of express himself as someone who was a bit lost in the world and maybe went over the top of it. But the real meaning came in areas like that. And I do feel that. I think it's a film of real meaning and it's really, really driven by the main character of Truman. And I think Jim Carrey captures it well because he does always have that comedy feel about him as a person. But I think that makes him uh, able to be vulnerable and makes him able to kind of be childlike in his emotions and really show this raw feel of innocence in a way where everyone's kind of watching him but the film wants to get across this idea of like, oh, this is just a man and this he's really reflecting everyone else's own lives and what goes on in theirs by what he does but he kind of accepts it so beautifully and especially the speech at the end so i think he was fantastic in it i think that character's great i also just wanted to pick up on what you're saying about um ed harris's character and he plays this kind of godlike figure in control of truman's life he's the one who like you said decides when the sun goes up and when it sets um for me that was like an interesting part of the script because he gets the satisfaction out of Truman's life and he sees him as a child and there's bits where it shows this real connection where he's on the big screen he kind of like rubs his nose as he goes asleep as he's kind of like his child 
and it, his meaning is gain his meaning in life is gained from Truman's and I feel that's the case for everyone else watching him and that's why the rest of it is able to kind of project these things back because his life is a projection of reality and this is what uh, Ed Harris's character does kind of uh, say to him he goes uh, something along the lines of you're more free than all of us and in the end he chooses to go and get real freedom because he knows that's the only way he'll actually be happy but I think there's so much truth in that idea of he is in this world where it's so obviously advertised in and everyone's fake and everyone's just doing things because it's been written for them but isn't that reality aren't people in the real world just doing things because their life's been written from them for them don't we act in a certain way and do things because of consumerism because of the things that we want and we only really get true connection when we see someone who lives the lives pure of that and that's why artists are so beautiful and the reason that we connect with art so much is because it's so pure and unaffected by anything like that and Truman's the only person in this world who's unaffected by anything like that and that's why people connect with him and that's why Ed Harris's character is so reluctant to let him go because he's like that's the only meaning he has left in his life and I think that's a beautiful bit of writing and it's done so well by those two actors yeah I'm glad you talked about um, I love that I love the tension that the film brings out between that like basically it makes you question what is reality mm-hmm. really like I mean it's quite I mean I would consider us all to be like you and I to be quite cogni- cognizant in, in how we in how we view yeah. view this sort of stuff like we're aware that sort of social media is almost like a shackle and we're 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 destined we're, we're all sort of trying trying to sort of navigate our ways through the sinews of sort of capitalism in a way but at the same time like i do think the film reveals a crisis of adolescence in a way um there's so much emphasis put on um this idea of birth and the fact that the camera follows his his life from the day that he was born almost to the day that he dies really the moment he becomes free the show dies it's over yeah. um and i think that sort of the that life cycle between birth and death it is a life where rigid control corporate and corporate control in particular impinges on your mind and it's a form of it's an extension of the nation state i think because the thing that sort of i found really really interesting was ed harris's command deck i mean it looks like something out of like i mean like a a star destroyer command deck yeah but at the but at the but at the same time it actually looks like um uh, like a like a a CIA uh, control center or an FBI control center mm-hmm. or or some mechanism of the state where people are controlled through it, whether it be CCTV or or sort of policing or whatever, it it smacked of that. And I think you know, it, it, it implies that we're born into specific ways of thinking, and the 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 infiltration of corporate advertising in this sense dulls critical thinking. It dulls our sense to make. Dulls our sort of capacity, I suppose, to try and challenge um, why a particular thing is being advertised to us, I suppose. Um, and it opens up quite the simple question of what does it mean to actually be free? What does it actually yeah. mean to be human yeah. as well? Because Truman Burbank hasn't experienced what it means to be human his entire life. Um, are we ever, do we ever have sort of agency in that respect? And for him, to be able to escape when when he uh, it's when the, the the boat hits the the screen that that, that they've put up and there's these steps mm-hmm. 
almost leading to heaven as well. I think that's a really nice shot that they get yeah, um, when, when, when he's walking up the stairs in, into heaven and then as soon as he walks to the door, um, Truman Burbank is, is dead in the eyes of uh, the people watching it. But in his actual life, he's, he's, he's never felt more alive now that he's escaped this cycle. I think it plays with so many interesting... Uh, narratives of what it means to be human um in a sort of, in a growing uh neoliberal world it's it's really really interesting in that respect yeah there's so much depth to this film i can't emphasize how kind of powerful i felt it and i feel like it's it's a huge slap in the face to life and i feel like yeah. if you don't get that from the film then you're the person who's been inadvertently slapped in the face because it it sells itself at the beginning as this quite you know fun quirky clever film that's why the casting of jim carrey is so great in it because it's like it seems on the surface a quite fun family film but yet it ends up a film that questions our whole reality and existence in a way that isn't the usual kind of just deep philosophical what's the meaning of life and what you were saying there about the rigidness of daily life i think that's shown so well in um when he starts questioning his existence and the scene that really stands out to me was when he goes into his bank uh to, i think he goes trying to get a lot of money out so you can go on a trip and he goes into the lift and they open the lift where it's just a lot of extras like sat you know mm. behind the sets uh, and he like sees that and that shows that obviously that's always existed on that set in the world they've created but he's never strayed from his usual route from his house to his office to get the magazine saying hello to his neighbors and i think every step of this film is a slap in the face to how you live your life it's there going look you can look at yourself and do you take the same route every day do you see the same people do you have the same dull conversation with them all right it's a bit of an extreme but then you start looking at yourself and this is why i think it's so hard hitting like it's not intense in the way that the emotions of the characters and it get all that intense apart from at the end with Truman and a um, little bit with his uh, love interest but I feel it makes the audience question itself so hard yeah, and this is shown in the film also by the way like you said the actual audience in the film who are watching it um, and like you said when Truman the character kind of dies to them right at the end when the, he grabs the remote, the person watching go, oh, what's on now? Like 30-odd yeah, exactly. years of his life, they've all been hooked on it. But as soon as he's gone, the next thing comes. And that is just the perfect ending for this film. Perfect ending for any film. Because it sums up everything that they're trying to say in this film is that um, the kind of idea of our like you said, rigid reality, our idea that nothing's really that meaningful, it's just something that's spoon-fed to us and that everything's just gone like that and the next thing comes, there's no real depth to it. Did you really love Truman? No, you didn't. He was just someone to fill the time in your life between you not thinking about other things. And this is why it gets me so much because I feel like it's a topic that I feel really impassioned about is this idea of like freedom and how much actual effort we put into our lives and how much we're actually controlled by external influences and this film like you said in 98 to release this i know these are kind of time old issues but this is something which is so powerful now and for me i think this film captures it perfectly and after watching it it gave me like a kind of fire which i rarely get after a film so 
that is my kind of look on it. What I'd like to wrap up a little bit there with these wider themes, and you mentioned this at the beginning with one of your interviews that you read, was about how ahead of its time it was and how Laura Linney said that she couldn't see any of this ever actually happening. But the fact that this is such a real you know you could see this being a real tv show like reality tv over the last 10 20 years has gone through a ridiculous amount of crazy faces yet this was kind of before any of that really happened what do you what do you think of that as a kind of setup for it i think it's um if, if you look at it under that lens particularly how the meaning of the film is sort of i said at the very beginning it, it, it's achingly contemporary in how we live our lives um and i think that the the main theme running through it is this idea you're ascribing a sort of importance to a ghost essentially truman burbank only exists in the minds of the people that are watching it um no one really knows who he is um and i suppose because of because every single element of his life is choreographed through uh you know heavily concentrated media i think people's obsession with reality tv it doesn't matter that truman burbank exists as a human he exists in people's minds and he exists as a as a thing that he's almost mythology uh, he's almost a work of myth in a way people have already made up their mind about him without ever actually knowing him and i think you could even extend that into how politics is working at the moment in how people view politicians. I mean, look at the election of Trump, for example. He was a reality TV star. People, myth is created around him. And I think it's not a a giant leap forward to suggest that actually the the film is... It really is relevant to how we view reality TV stars and the power that's ascribed to how we view those the the the, the, yeah, the idea of of the person that you're watching on the screen um it's it's an incredibly depressing film in 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 a way uh in in if you put, particularly if you put that lens over it of well if we ascribe this to what's currently happening in, in global politics how people don't have never really met the president of the united states or have never really met a prime minister or a politician even and yet they still frame an opinion around them I think Trump is the most obvious example in in helping us sort of conceptualize yeah. the impact that uh, a sort of mythologized obsession uh, with fame and celebrity and money and consumerism, all the things that that the Truman Show taps into. Um, it's not a giant leap forward to suggest that actually uh, the election of Trump was. I don't want to go on too much of a a tangent about <laughs> the mechanics of the Trump election, but certainly there is an element of of uh, common ground to be found with the Truman Show and people's obsession with Donald Trump, in a way. I yeah, think. I think it's really fascinating, the writing in this is the kind of foresight of this reality TV show age, which has kind of spread into like social media now, the idea of being a YouTuber, Instagrammer. Yeah, exactly. Social media influencers, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's all, the writing is almost kind of like Orwell-like in its foresight of the future yeah. in the way that, you know, you have the ability to kind of predict trends and things like that. And for something that is popular culture, I think it hits the nail on the head for so many things. And that's why it is feels timeless now. 
Um, so I think that's a, another element of it. On top of the areas it already cuts into, I think the reality TV element really contributes that as well. Anyway, I think we've had a great chat amongst all those themes and talked about our bits of the film. I'd just like to ask you, Callum, to quickly go over your highlights, uh, any kind of key bits that you really liked, and then give me your final opinion and mark out of 10, please. I loved uh, the uh, the scene... Well, I love the two scenes actually, because I think they the, they are. If you put those two these two scenes together that I'm about to talk about, I think you get the the overall sort of concept of the film. Um, there's the scene when he's trying to escape when Laura Linney's in the car and he's trying to escape. He's trying to drive to. Yeah. Uh, I think he where is he trying to get to? He's trying to drive to Fiji, I think, or he's trying to drive. Actually, he's trying to drive away to somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, and he keeps doing laps around the block um, and. Because the the people controlling the world can't keep up with how fast he's he's going around the block, so he keeps seeing the same cars all yeah. the time and things like that. And I think that that highlights the the regimentation that people have with their lives. Um, so there's, there was that scene. I really liked that. I thought it was quite a nice sort of. It only lasts it only lasts a few minutes, but it, it it's such a it's such a powerful scene. And the second scene is when he's on the the boat um, and he's trying to escape and. Ed Harris is, uh, and is it, I think it's Paul Giamatti as well. I think um, is changing the weather to stop him from getting away, um, and Ed Harris is almost saying, "No, if I, I'd, I'd rather kill him than let him escape my reality TV show that I've created for him." Um, and it's almost the sense of uh, he, he he feels a sense of freedom when he's when he's when he knows he's trying to escape, um, and then it crashes into the. Uh, the screen and he escapes to heaven so that, that's the point where the character dies and i think regimentation and a sort of corporate capitalist control by myths that you've created in your mind will eventually lead to the end of yeah, your life basically basically i mean that, that sounds really 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 bleak no but i, I love that scene it is, but it is, it is, is such it a is such, scene. exactly it's such a good scene so for me yeah those are the two sort of scenes that sort of stood out to me um i'd i'd honestly i'd i'd give it uh i'd give it 10 out of 10 just because there's just so much you can go with this film in terms of there's so many yeah, themes yeah, yeah. so many layers like even if you don't like, Jim, I mean, I I went into it not particularly liking Jim Carrey's comedies. I mean, I like Bruce Almighty, but I haven't really met anyone that doesn't find little bits of it funny. Um, but like, like you said earlier, his comedies didn't really do that much for me either. But I think it's such such a unique film, and of its time as well. It's just, obviously it's just that sort of the the. the, the the birth of the internet is is coming. You can feel it in the in, in the film almost, and it, it yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's such a almost like an. I'm not. It's not necessarily an era defining film. I suppose you could say it is. To be I, honest, I, wouldn't, I would not rule that out. Yeah, you, you, could, you, you could. You could. You could say it is. That. To be fair, just because of its its themes and its layers and its, its sinews and its critique of of media culture and um, you know what it reminded me of actually. It reminded me of. Um, there's a great interview that uh, David Bowie did with uh, Jeremy Paxman um, back in the '90s, and David Bowie literally predicts what the what the, what's the what's going to happen with the internet, basically. Okay. Um, and he says it's like an alien life form that's been beamed down from outer space, and we don't. It's very it's very, it's very Bowie-esque talking about sort of beam, beams a, and and, and spaces, but like 
it's he's just so, so so spot on, and I think the Truman Show is is it taps into a lot of the stuff that, that interview was talking about as well. This idea of we don't really know what the power of the internet is going to be, and they were saying this in the nineties as well. And I think in the way the, 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 what the internet can do now with people's lives, what corporatism can do to people's lives is. It's insane to think about it. It's kept me up awake at many a night. It's, I mean, it's kept us up uh, uh, it, for yeah. a long time, uh, <laughs> sort of trying to piece together our, our broken minds. You know, and we'll have many more. Indeed, but, <laughs> it keeps but yeah, so I've kind of yeah, just to wrap it up. I mean, ten out of ten, brilliant film. Like the layers, the sinews. I love that word at the moment. Sinews. It's such a great, <laughs> such a great word to describe this. Um, but yeah, great. How about yourself? Yeah, well, thank you for that, Cameron. Very nice summary. I, I'm going to pick up on the scene you said, as I think that is fantastic. It's an unbelievable round into the film. It's so biblical, like that idea <laughs> of God looking down as Truman's there in his little boat and he's just firing the waves at him and he's just shouting, oh, you're going to have to kill me if you want me to stop. And he's going all the way and he just keeps going, he keeps going. Um, and I think that is... It sums up so many things in the film, but it really shows the idea of freedom. He's escaping to his freedom. And I think, like I said before, the film is kind of asking the question, who's the most free? Is Truman free the fact that he's kind of within this world and naive? Um, or are the other people are the people watching it free because they know what's going on? Well, the one suggestion is, well, Truman's the most free because he is ignorant to it all. But the true freedom comes is that he has the realization it makes him go crazy but once he goes through that and he escapes and he realizes he's seen the truth and throws himself free from it it shows you know what no he is the only one who's free now because he's turned down he's found this out and he's turned down the lifestyle but yet everyone else watching is still buying into it they're the ones shackled and to actually find that, you have to go through the experience, have the self-realization of everything around you isn't real to get through. And I feel this is something the writers must feel, is that you have to go and have the realization of the things around you aren't as real as you feel to then actually get the true freedom. And I think that scene does that perfectly. I also love the scene where his uh, love interest, I can't remember her character's name but she's part of the show but then she kind of wants to break free with him and she gets like torn away driven off and he thinks about her ever since lauren and the whole kind of his idea of escape is built around this one girl um L- i just L- think L- that lauren she's called i think yeah okay lauren, yeah. there we go and i think that is like that's the real beauty in the film because that's the thing that's real in his in his mind that's the only thing that's real and that's what basically makes him realize everything is the one thing that's not faking it all is her and her feelings for him um and i just feel that even though it's a kind of short section of the film it carries all the way through it and actually you know leads to what he does in the end so i think they're beautiful i just love the whole like i said i'll say it again i love the premise of the film i just kind of love the quirkiness of it you can pick new things up every time just like the little things like when he goes to get a flight and he goes oh no we've not got one for another month because we can't go away like, it's funny and it said the dark comedy and it. it's not jim carrey funny it's funny in how it kind of laughs at the situation and like i said the whole situation from the wider issues that we're on um I knew I loved the film when I watched it the first time. It had been quite a few years since I watched it again. And when I watched it again recently, I was like, yes, this is unbelievable. And I even go as far as saying it's one of my favorite films of all time. Out and out, 10 out of 10. I think it's 
so entertaining, so watchable, but at the same time, it's got so much depth to it. It really strikes me where I feel it with the issues it goes over. I think it resonates so hard now, and I'd encourage anyone to watch it, not just for the entertainment, but just to have a bit of self-reflection. And for a film that is a Jim Carrey film as a comedian, it's a pop culture film, but it is so philosophical in what it goes about, especially to day-to-day themes now. So I could not give it enough praise. I think this film is absolutely fantastic. Truman Show, well done, everyone involved. Beautiful 10 out of 10 and that sums up everything I can pour out of my heart and mind about Truman Show (laughs) but Callum we did it we had another great conversation there another great film thank you very much for watching it and joining me on the chat I'm fully grateful to have this conversation and once again I've really enjoyed your insights on it yeah no thank you um as always uh we can spend hours talking about films spend many more hours talking about films um but yeah it's uh it's always an absolute pleasure um i just love i just love talking about sinews and reservoirs but uh, anyway we've had a great chat there and like you said there'll be many more conversations to come up we'll have all the updated podcasts firing your way previously We were talking about Burn After Reading, so if you're not checked that one out, go and check that one out. Truman Show, we'll see what we've got lined up next, but I'm sure it'll be a big film and we'll have a lot to say about it. But until next time, thank you very much for joining me, Callum. No worries. And we will uh, go and watch some more films and get ready to chat about them. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all again soon.